Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. I want to give a big thank you to HelloFresh for supporting Made For This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis10 and use the code MadeForThis10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. So the vision for this season is that everything is spinning and there's, of course, a lot of chaos. 2020 completely changed everything about us, right? Like we are completely different people than a year ago. And when you're spinning, the hope is that somebody will grab you by the shoulders and say, hey, here's what's true. Here's how you need to think in this season. Here's how you can stop spinning emotionally and spiritually and relationally and and trust. And so we're starting this all with Jesus and and really just a simple faith. And what does it look like to keep that simple faith in the midst of a very complicated spiritual environment as we all have right now? And I was visiting with somebody this morning. We were actually talking about exactly this thing. I wasn't even thinking about the podcast at the moment, but we were talking about how it feels like in America, it's gotten complicated to follow Jesus. And I would say it's not supposed to be complicated to follow Jesus. It's supposed to be costly and it's supposed to be at times very difficult. And it says that there will be times that that we are hated because of our faith. And there are times that we are going to experience resistance from the enemy in our lives as we all have. And, and so it's not supposed to be too easy to follow Jesus. That's not what I'm saying, but it's not supposed to be complicated. It is supposed to stay somewhat simple. And I think this is one of the problems right now with the Western church is we have lost the simplicity of our faith. It has gotten so complicated. It has gotten so divisive in every denomination and in you know, every different theological camp. I mean, I had somebody accuse me of things because we disagree on a verse in the Bible. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, wait, I bet we agree on almost every other verse, you know, in the Bible, but we view, you know, something that's considered a gray issue differently. And it it caused a big feud. So we all feel like there's a lot of pressure to get everything right, to have our social issues, you know, publicly stated somewhere, but not in a way that's mean. We feel like we've got to be grounded in, in certain ways and yet keep our heart and love people too. And it just feels like, ah, like this is hard. And I would say it is, but I think we have made it too hard because what is clear in scripture is there is one main thing. And when you get that one main thing right, a lot of other things fall into place. Matthew says this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. That's how I memorized it when I was in Awana's. It was seek ye first. I don't know. You can look up the version, but that is what I memorized. And I still say it that way today, even though I'm quite sure my ESV says it another way. I believe that that verse has been one of the greatest verses in my faith and life. And it's one of the verses I come back to again and again and again. Why? Because if my heart is close to Jesus, if my relationship is right with Jesus, I am pleasing him and walking with him and listening to him and 
in the word and, and on my knees and, and asking God constantly, like I do every single day, will you show me where I'm wrong? Will you help me see my sin? Will you help me know what to do in this conversation? And in this, if I'm truly seeking God, let's think about this. He is our father. Do you think that he would withhold what he wants you to do? Like he's going to be clear with you. Now, I'm not saying you'll never have to make a decision because all I think on a lot of things, God just, you know, turn right, turn left. They're, neither one are evil. It's just do the right thing. But in a lot of ways, we want to follow God. We want to be doing the right things. We want to be obedient. And it feels like we're just spinning because it feels so complicated when he's like, hey, come here. I'll tell you what. You follow me. You're my sheep. I'm the shepherd. Stay close to me. And 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 I know where we're going. I'm not confused. I know where we're going and I'm going to take care of you and we're going to get there. As we approach this whole season, what I want you to be thinking about are these questions. How is my relationship with Jesus? I don't mean your quiet time. I don't mean your church attendance. I don't mean your good works or your vision or your mission in life. I mean your walking, talking, living relationship with Jesus. Are y'all close? Are you in conversation all the time? Are you asking him what he thinks about things? Are you taking to him every wondering and worry that you have? In fact, that's how scripture says that we are to control the chaos and we are to stop spinning. Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, about anything. Guys, yes, he knew 2020 would happen when when God inspired Paul to write these words, do not be anxious about anything. And guys, let's be real. Back then, Rome was way worse than we have it in America. So it's not as if he's saying this tritely or with you know naive faith that life is going to go well for Christians. Do not be anxious about anything, no matter what, in any circumstance, do not be anxious. But instead, and he's going to tell you what to do instead of spiraling and spinning and anxiety, he says in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says, hey, instead of being anxious, I want you to bring every worry, every fear, every concern, every hope, every question, every decision that you have to make in your life. I want you to bring it in prayer to God, present it to God and be grateful Be grateful as you do it. Don't be afraid. Do not be spinning as those that have no hope. Bring to God, bring to Jesus every concern of your heart. And then what? And then it says in verse seven, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And guys, that's what we need to be about. We need to be those people that are full of peace that goes beyond anybody's understanding, that even goes beyond our own understanding because God is issuing it. It is a supernatural peace that is promised to us that instead of worry, if we go to God and we walk with him and we present everything to him and we talk to him about it and we present all of this to God, that that there is a peace that, that comes from that supernatural relationship with Jesus that will guard our minds and guard our hearts. Now, This isn't easy. And I know some of you are going, that sounds great. You do not know my situation. You do not know what I struggle with or my mental illness. Let me just say, I don't, but I've probably heard it or lived it. I mean, I don't know what you're struggling with, but I sure do know a lot of reasons to be anxious right now. And my 3 a.m. ritual is to wake up and to make a choice to either trust God and to pray or to wake up and worry. It is my favorite time of day to worry. Why is that at 3 a.m. every night? It is just a great time to worry. So 
I understand worry and I understand anxiety and I understand things that I can't share (laughs) publicly because we are walking through them privately and they're not ours to share. But I have found this to be true, that entrusting Jesus with the concerns of my life does cause me to not spend nearly as much. Now, I know there's there's some of you going, okay, I hear you saying like simple faith and keep Jesus the main thing. And what does that look like? I want to get really practical here. So these are some of the questions that I want to answer that you've asked. To be honest, I just don't feel like praying, reading my Bible, being accountable to people in my life. I'm so hard pressed by life that I can barely breathe. Where does my discipline in these things differ from legalism? Well, <laughs> I don't think we're hardwired necessarily to want to be disciplined. In fact, I think we're probably hardwired to be lazy and we're hardwired to crave things that comfort our flesh. And Romans talks about that. You know, we love to satisfy our flesh and we hate the things of God. That's just the way we are built our humanity. And yet when we feed our flesh, we find sin and death. And when we feed the spirit, we find life and peace. And that's Romans 8. So the life and peace that God offers us is a road that we have to choose, right? It's not just something that magically appears in our life because we become a Christian. It's it's something that is promised to us for eternity once we are sealed in Christ. But it is not something that that just daily finds us when we aren't choosing to walk with the Spirit and to trust Jesus in the midst of our crazy lives. So let me just say that what this looks like is a choice every single hour of every single day. When I get really anxious, when I am completely undone and spinning, I I ask myself a few questions. Number one is what is it? Because sometimes I don't even know what, what has gotten me physically anxious. So I'll usually name that thing that has worried me. And then the next question I have to ask myself is, do I trust God with that thing? And sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes I am so afraid he's going to take this thing away from me. He is going to have a bad plan that I hate that's going to involve suffering that I will wrap my hands around that thing and try not to let go of it because I think I have a better plan than God. So sometimes just really candidly, the answer is no. I don't have trust. I don't want to let go of this thing. So I do think that what reading the Bible and praying and being accountable to people in our lives and church, all these things that that God calls us to is not because of legalism. We don't have to do those things anymore for him to approve of us and for us to be right forever with God in heaven. We do those things because they lead us into a relationship with God. They lead us into wisdom. They lead us onto the road of life and peace. And I have seen this again and again in my own life, in my kids' lives, in the people I love, that if I'm following Jesus and I'm I'm going <laughs> in that direction, there are natural gifts in that. Just that peace that transcends understanding. It's not that life is easy, right? Circumstances still befall us. It's that we have a peace in the midst of those circumstances because we've walked with Jesus, because we know his word, because we've spent a lot of time in conversation with him. We know his voice. We know how to just converse with him regularly. And for some of you, you're hearing this, you're like, I've never prayed like that. I never just pray as I'm going. Guys, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a relationship, a friendship. Jesus says, I call you friend. And it says that my sheep hear my voice. They they know me and they walk with me. And that that intimate relationship is how this is supposed to go. Some of you have grown up in church and you've attended and you've, you know, even prayed to receive Christ, but you've never had that intimate relationship with him. That is why it feels like your faith is dead because you are meant to begin a relationship with him. And that beginning of that relationship leads to a deeper and deeper trust and a deeper and deeper of knowledge of him, just like anything. And how does that differ from 
legalism. I would just say, what's your motivation? I mean, I stay disciplined because I expect there to be trouble in my life and I expect there to be an enemy that's wanting to attack me. And so I want to stay disciplined and connected to God so I can fight the enemy. In fact, when Paul in another passage lays out the armor of God and protection from the enemy, it's the belt of truth, the scripture. It is the breastplate of righteousness, obedience. It is the gospel of of peace. It is the shield of faith. It is the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. These are, in essence, what they are is is offensive weapons that we have to fight back against the enemy. They're defensive and offensive, and they protect us. And I think that's what we've got to see is that these practices, these spiritual practices that you may or may not be doing, I would highly encourage you to to do them because it is, again, what we've got. I mean, the enemy is coming for us. If you love Jesus, he is coming for you. Sorry if that is a news alert to you, but it is true. You probably already knew it and you probably already felt it. Sin is coming for you. You are going to be tempted, it says, that you'll be tempted a lot, but nothing that you don't have the power to withstand. The spirit, the truth, all of that is going to protect you from withstanding it. But you're not going to have that power if you are not accessing the weapons and tools that God has given you to fight back with. And so that is my hope, is that we, rather than see this as legalism, we see this as warfare and we suit up. We make choices that lead to life and peace, yes, but not because our circumstances will be easier, but because we have everything we need in God. That's the bottom line. Simple faith is trusting him, walking with him, and believing that he has everything we need in life. And regardless of our circumstances, we are taken care of because we have God and you need nothing else when you have God. Guys, you know I love this company. HelloFresh is something we've been using at our home. Now that my two college kids are gone, I'm actually cooking more. Life is a little bit slower. And these meal kits have been so easy. In fact, Cooper cuts up vegetables. I love it. And they bring it everything you need right to the door. Literally everything you need in a meal is in that box. It's healthy and it's simple and you don't have to think too hard about it. So sign up right now. And y'all, this is such a good offer. I'm actually going to use my own offer on this because I love them so much. So 10 free meals, including free shipping when you go to hellofresh.com slash made for this 10 and use the code made for this 10 hellofresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking with your family and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less and guys even if you're single this is something my college kids are begging me for right now they want me to sign them up for this and send them meals because they love cooking with their roommates and their friends hellofresh offers 23 different recipes each week and they have all different types of food, whatever your dietary needs are, they've got you covered. Last night I made sweet potatoes and broccoli and chicken that had this awesome crust on it. And y'all, my kids are picky and they're eating every bite. They love it. They think I'm like a hero now that I've been cooking so much. And I promise you, you need to give it a try. So go to hellofresh.com slash made for this 10 and use the code made for this 10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. The next question is, why should I care? Why should you care if you are spiritually connected with God, if if God is your everything, if this is your main heartbeat in life? I would say because anytime you have another idol, it is stealing your joy, your peace. It is stealing your quality of life. (laughs) I've never seen someone that is free that loves something more than they love God. They're never free. 
They're always in bondage to it. If you love people's opinions more than you love God, you'll be in bondage to people's opinions. If you love money the more than you love God, you'll be in bondage to materialism and comparison. If you love control more than you love God, then you will be manipulative and try to make everything work out in your life. And it never will. So I've never seen it. You know, maybe one of you out there is like, hey, it's worked for me. I've I've never loved God and I've loved all these other things. And they've just led to this perfectly blissful 80 year life. I would say you're probably stuffing some stuff down because the only thing I've ever found that I never get to the end of enjoying and celebrating and finding comfort in is Jesus. There's not another thing. (laughs) Everything else will feel good for a little while and it desperately lets me down at some point. So why should you care? Because it's how you were built. That eternity was set in your heart. That your very nature was built by a God who also designed you for a relationship with him. And without it, you ache. Next question. It's all about Jesus. You only need Jesus. What does that mean? I do think we get into some cliches around the church. They do lose their meaning and we lose what they're supposed to mean to us. And how that best comes into focus for me is is when I meet and talk to people that are in overseas work, whether that's mission work or whether they're overseas, you know, living and serving there. There is a clarity in the darkness of their light and their hope that we don't have because it's very bright here. And and you might disagree. You might be in a part of the country that, that it's not glaringly Christian. Here, it still is in Texas. And so what happens here is there's a different problem. <laughs> it's religiosity. It's it's a watered down of what it means that Jesus is enough. It's a watered downness of of what it means when we say things like it's all about Jesus. When I go up to the Northeast, when I was speaking and ministering throughout New England, I was absolutely blown away by the faith of the remnant that is up there called the church. They are on fire. We get in the car, we're laughing, we're cutting up, and they want to pray the whole time we're together because they're with other believers that are bringing them hope and encouragement and they're tired and they're weary, but they are not losing faith. They are not losing hope and they are doing their job and they are sitting there, you know, worshiping God, knowing God and helping other people know him. And it is a beautiful thing because life isn't complicated to them. It's just, you know, they would have let go of their faith if it was faith plus 12 other things, because those 12 other things would have been meeting their needs and they would have, it would have been easier. But when it's difficult to follow Jesus, all of a sudden you realize what you care about most and and whether, you know, it's it's the old saying of when a gun's held to your head, like, what are you going to die for? What would you be willing to die for? I think it comes down to allegiance. Like, what are we allegiant to? It's not that, you know, we don't have things or we don't live lives that are about, you know, I've got multiple kids and we're involved in all kinds of sports and things that revolve around them. And You know, we've got hobbies and things Zach and I love, but every single one of those things is used for the glory of God and the good of people, right? So even if we have stuff, it's like right now in my house, I'm watching a bunch of girls meet in there (laughs) that I don't think I invited over, by the way, but they're all here. They just walk in. This is what they do and they get food and they sit down and they, they work and they talk and they're, they're meeting around the things of God. And, and I love that. I mean, that even the things I own, the things, my food and my pantry, to me, it is for the good of people and the glory of God. You know, I'm, I'm not a, someone who believes you have to be a monk and own nothing to, to love Jesus. I believe that in all things with everything God gives you, love him with those things. And yet there also is the reality that there are a lot of things we're all tempted to love more than Jesus. And we've got to know those things and we've got to confess those things and we've got to fight the idolatry that comes with those things. And then last question, what's one thing I could say to myself this week when I'm spinning out and need to remember? 
God. Well, here's one thing that I say to myself. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Guys, we're going to spin. We're going to spin. It's crazy right now, and we're going to spin. And the best thing we can do is to go back to God again and to remember that his grace is sufficient for us. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness, that that we don't have to be the strong one. We can depend on our God who is big enough to hold the whole wide world and our problems in his hands. And so I would just encourage you to tell him, tell him that you're spinning, pray, pray about it. Instead of be anxious, take it to him, leave it with him. And I promise you, he has a plan for it. It may not be a plan we like in the temporary, but it will be one that makes sense to us in the eternal. guys so much for being part of this community we do not take it for granted that so many of you show up week after week if this is blessing you we would love for you to go help this podcast be found by other people and the way you can do that first subscribe so that you actually get all of the episodes you don't miss anything it shows up right on your phone or on your device and you know when we have a new episode and then also rate and review your rates and reviews help the charts and that helps people find the podcast so that's why we care about that and let's be real it's really fun to read your stories sometimes it feels a little bit like we are just throwing all these words out into thin air and then we go read your reviews and they're so thoughtful and kind and it means so much to us chloe and i will text each other you know just to encourage each other thank you thank you thank you for supporting this podcast With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.